Everything that goes on with Power Rangers, including new toy news, uh, board game news, and things going on in the world of comic books. Uh, I am one of your hosts, Joel, and with me, as always, is uh, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin's a little sleepy today, but it's okay. We're going to get through this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got a lot to talk about today. We had a Fan First Friday event, but before we begin, as always... Uh, we want to take a moment and just really encourage anyone listening to us to find a way that you can be a hero out in the world. Um, whether that's helping movements out there like Black Lives Matter or, you know, the uh, people gathering resources against the anti-Asian violence. You know, find a way that you can help and be a hero out in the world, whether that's donating time, uh, donating money, you know, just beginning to educate yourself, which is always a great first step. Um, just find a way that you can help and just make this world a better place because there's so much going on and you can make this world a better place by doing something even just really small. Mm -hmm. But with that said, um, we'll kind of start off with the big fan first Friday that Hasbro had on December 10th. Um, mm -hmm. They announced it kind of last minute, it felt like. Uh, we found mm -hmm. out, I think it was like Tuesday before this was happening. Uh, but the Fan First Friday event was predominantly centered around the uh, Zord Ascension project, which had been teased at Hasbro PulseCon previously. Um, and also, they had a little bit of Boom Studios news towards the end. Like, the second half of it was centered on the Boom Studios comics that are going on right now. Um, mm -hmm. Did you get a chance to watch this, Kevin, yet? Or... Uh... I, I did not. What okay. was... Uh pretty busy that yeah. day uh i think there's now a running gag where it's just like from, from personal for my life where a fan first friday happens and there's always something happening while it's happening for me so yeah no worries um <laughs> that's okay i can kind of recap it real quick um, yeah the first half uh, was led by uh sam who is the lead brand writer Jarrett, one of the senior designers and jordan a designer that has been on previous uh fan first friday events and hasbro pulsecom events um, mm -hmm. The first thing they introduced was the Lightning Collection Ready Clipdoor figure, which they have uh, showed off kind of in different poses and everything. Um, and they mm -hmm. re really highlighted the fact that Loretta, who was the uh, kind of sculptor designer for this one, really um, tried to like the base body is a darker red where it had, and then across the body it has like these red highlights, which is really hard to see mm -hmm. in the big like bright white light pictures that they keep posting. Which I'm like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but overall i think the figure looks really great um mm -hmm. it's apparently not going to be on pre-order until next year <laughs> well that's kind of like how disguised andros was yeah so, so uh we'll look forward to when that becomes available for pre-order uh but what did you think of the red eclipse door i mean it makes sense like we knew that eventually they would make uh Ecliptor in his uh corrupted form the cyber form uh that's in the back half of his face so yeah. it's another mold and it's another character they can make that people will buy so it makes sense like i think it looks good i think it will it will look very nicely displayed with a lightning collection zane figure if you can ever get one um <laughs> i'm not bitter um but I, I think it looks really nice the red is a really nice hue um it was really funny because i saw someone say earlier this or earlier yesterday 
uh, where they were like, this is the most niche figure that Hasbro has ever done. And to that I say, look at the NinjaCon figure and we'll talk. <laughs> yeah, I mean, or the like disguised Andros figure. I mean, come on, guys. Like, yeah, we've had some niche figures already. I think this is. I think it works. Like you said, they had the sculpt that they did say yeah. they made a separate one for this though, because of the different like exposed parts of him. Uh, right. So there is some like new sculpt in it. It makes sense. I'm fine. I like Ecliptor. I'll take two figures of him. I don't get why people are yeah. so angry about this. Um, I'm not. We have bought. Yeah. I, I saw just a couple people complaining about it, but you know, we've bought like three different kinds of mighty Morphin. I think we can have two Ecliptors and it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But that being said, we can move on to kind of the big meat of this section, which was the Zord Ascension project. So we had previously saw a kind of um, demo model that they showed off when they announced this whole project that they're um, setting up to begin releasing Zords through Hasbro. Um, and they showed off the model for the uh, Dino Megazord, which will be the first one, the Mighty Morphin Dino Megazord. Um, this time they actually had models of the like uh, they're still demo models but they're like actual models that they could like take apart into the individual zords and then recombine um and they showed those off and showed off a couple of features um the biggest thing is obviously all of the zords like have articulation on them each has kind of like different features um they've added a small thing that on each individual sword there is a hidden flap that you can flip up that shows a little cockpit with the ranger inside mm -hmm. um Obviously, it can go from the individual Megazords into Megazord mode and also into tank mode. Mm -hmm. um, and then when describing everything, they were very specific to say that the name of the whole project is very important because they wanted to say it was a Zord Ascension project, not a Megazord Ascension project. So that, like, in theory, not everything they do will be a Megazord. They could, in mm -hmm. theory, do just individual Zords if there is, like, a larger scale Zord that needs it. Um, they also talked about the fact that this is meant to be a project and this is meant to be ongoing. This is not a just doing the Dino Megazord. This is a thing they really want to push um, mm -hmm. so, and that they want it to be more than just the figures itself um, so that um, they really want to introduce a website. They want to experience with it that will have like on this website kind of a, almost like museum kind of hard light archive is what they kept calling it. This idea mm -hmm. of like you get to go on this website and you can see everything about this Megazord, seeing like highlights and different stats, like when did it appear, what episode was it. Um, it sounds really interesting and kind of their approach. I, I really kind of liked that aspect of this whole uh, Fan First Friday. Um, they also did mention that they will be numbering them in a very specific way um, and that mm -hmm. they will be based upon their episode appearance. So, for instance, the uh, Dino Megazord appears in episode one of season one, so its number mm -hmm. is 0101. Mm -hmm. um, so in theory other megazords will have like their season number and then their episode number which will be interesting <laughs> oh yeah for sure i think uh, it's fun yeah uh and it officially went up for pre-order yesterday as well um the megazord is retailing for about 165 dollars mm -hmm. um, which is you know i think in between what kevin and i ended up kind of predicting when this originally came out because i was like "Ooh, i feel like it's going to be a 200 dollar one uh mm -hmm. I did think it was interesting. I think a lot of people latched onto was they did mention that they were looking at like uh, Sentai design books to look at the overall design. However, these Megazords are not like exact replicas of what was on the show. They are doing some like stylization to them, um, which like a lot of people have like, kind of bounced off of, but I don't really mind. Uh, but 
I've chatted enough. I've kind of ranted. What did you think of all of this, Kevin? Um, kind of hearing this. What What do you think? Yeah. Um. I mean, I. I think it looks great. I think you know, the funny thing about it is people have been wanting them to do Megazords for quite some time. Yeah. Got mad when they didn't. Then got mad when they did a kids version of the Megazord, and now they're mad when, <laughs> uh, you know, they do what they wanted. Um. You know what? It looks great. I think it's going to be great for those fans that really want that higher articulation Megazord, but don't want to have to shell out for the more expensive ones from the past couple of years. Yeah. Um, it's already sold out on Hasbro Pulse, so I think that tells everybody what they need to know about the Megazord and who wants it, because a lot of people want it. Yeah. So, oh. that that being said, um, you know what? It's fun. I think it looks great. I probably won't get it, to be honest. Um the price range is a bit steep for me, and I still have my 2010 Megazord. Um, but what I do like is that they mentioned that it's Zords and not just Megazord. Like, mm-hmm. I do love the molds of the Zords. I do think that, like, what Bandai has done in the past is, like, they focused more on the final robot versus the actual individual Zords. And they had some features, some things were kind of cool, but, um, you know, like, I'm looking at my Lupon Ranger mech right now. I'm Pot Ranger mech from Lupon Pot Ranger. And, you know, like, they're okay, but, like, they they shine more when they're together, like, combined. Yeah. But this feels more like it's designed to be, you can display them as Zords or the Megazord or whatever you want to do. Yeah, and I definitely. Like, I like that. Yeah, and I think that's, a, it, it, I saw kind of um an, another complaint with it was the fact that, like, because they're doing the stylization, it's not like, you know, Megazords are difficult and the fact that, like, the suits are never true to scale with the megazords or the zords themselves mm-hmm. like there's mm-hmm. no way the zords as presented turn into the megazords that we see um oh yeah and, you know and there's always going to be that scale issue when you turn that into a figure and try to make them do the thing they're supposed to do i do think they've done a great job of like finding that nice balance um mm-hmm. i think it looks it looks correct and i think the posability is more than enough to be a selling point for it right um I I am thinking I will get it eventually. It's not going to be like a day one. Like I'm not pre-ordering it, but I do think I eventually I would want to get one. Um, mm-hmm. and, and this doesn't seem like a thing where this is like, it's a limited edition kind of thing. It does seem like they will do a, a mass like kind of version. I do really like the box design. That was another thing they showed off as well. Um, it's got kind of uh, just like, it's got the numbering. It's got, uh, we've seen kind of versions of it, but it looks really cool. And I really like that. And I would be really curious kind of see what like they do with that with other swords. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I really like it. I'm excited. I, I just, again, I think the thing that's most interesting is the fact that they are really stressing that this is not just a one and done, that they are wanting mm-hmm. to do more, that this is an initiative, um, which is, I think more than, I, I think a lot of people should really be excited for that and get to see what yeah. they're going to do. Uh, what zords they could bring to this you know outside of mighty morphin um you know if they jump to another season what they could do so i'm excited to see mm-hmm. what they come up with mm-hmm. yeah for sure and I, I think really yeah i think that's what's really exciting and you know what a way to start it off with this really high-end looking design and something that looks really nice um i i just hope that they keep these in stock for a little bit longer um, yeah because I, I do dread when these are going to jump up in price by like three or four hundred dollars yeah for sure and that's so. that's the thing i'm, I'm curious about because i was ugh. we'll see though again it's just gonna be time and also like 
again, I'll just I'll be curious to see what the next one they do is. Because uh, mm-hmm. I know that they've mentioned like the Astro Mega ship being a thing that they have all liked. So I'd be curious to see mm-hmm. what that next stage of these Megazords are. Um, mm-hmm. But with that said, that kind of wraps up the like Zord version or uh, the like Lightning Collection toy side of everything. Um, I do want to highlight one thing though, just because this is a podcast run by two gay men. Um, the lead brain writer, Sam, had uh, the Pride flag pen on their lapel the entire time. I really appreciated that, and that made me very happy. Um, uh, it's just nice to see kind of representation in that way um, among the kind of staff at uh, Hasbro, especially people who work with this brand that we all love. Um, but with that, we can move on to the Boom Studio side of things, um, which was uh, kind of moderated by Irvin, who is the product manager or product marketing manager for Power Rangers brand overall. Um, he's done these before. He was the one who showed off the uh, Power Rangers Reeboks when they were introduced. Um, mm-hmm. But he got to host the panel with uh, Daphna Plevin from Boom Studios, who is the senior editor for Power Rangers, um, among others. Uh, she's been working with the Power Rangers license there at Boom since issue zero. Uh, Ryan Parrott was there, who is the writer of the Mighty Morphin and Power Rangers ongoing books. And Nicole Adelfinger, who will be the writer of the Power Rangers Universe book, which will launch in December of this month. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was kind of, you know, a split in two. The first half was speaking with Ryan about the Eltarian War and kind of what his intent was. Um, they really honed in upon a specific moment in issue 14 of Mighty Morphin that we will talk about in a bit that I don't want to go over right now because um, <laughs> I'll dig it. We'll dig into it when we get to it. Um, but they also talked about this idea of um, a lot of what they were trying to do with this arc was getting Zordon out in the field. Um, and just kind mm-hmm. of showing, getting a chance to show what that would look like, um, and mm-hmm. kind of getting to mirror that with his past uh, when he was the Rangers' ages and starting out, and kind of mirroring their journeys as well, and how he is similar to them and how he does differ. Um, mm-hmm. And then what I found really fascinating is they showed off the concept art for the um, Eltarian Squadron. Uh, is it, I'm blanking on which one is which. Zardis is the one leading the Altarian War. Zofram was Zed, right? Yes. Okay. So Zardis is uh, Elite Squad, uh, his four-person team. They showed up concept art, like the early concept art of it, and then they don't have the suits that they eventually have, and then they showed off like progressive iterations of it until we get to the designs that were there. And they talked about the fact that like uh, they go back and forth with Irvin kind of over the design, and Irvin was actually the one that suggested, he was like, well, why don't, why don't you make them have like armor and make them like look like they're important but also like you know on the big mech character bring in like alpha 5 designs into it and you know it's you can see that kind of progression it was really cool for them to show that but also kind of get to discuss it and get to hear how they came up with these different parts because apparently like the original idea was kind of more like pirate kind of looking kind of like bounty hunter types Mm -hmm. Um, so it is interesting that we got to this more like power rangers-y kind of armored you know elite class of warrior type thing yeah um, so uh, that was really cool. I, if you're interested in that kind of stuff, I highly recommend that portion of it. Um, Ryan got to talk more about the Altarian War, but you know, you know, I'm sure he's tired of <laughs> rehashing the same aspects of things he wrote four months ago. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's exciting. If you have not picked those up, obviously we'll discuss a little bit more. We encourage you to do so. Um, the more interesting kind of like the 
juicier air quotes part of this was the second half where Nicole Adelfinger got to speak about writing Power Rangers Universe. Um, and her and Daphna got to tease a couple of new things. They showed off concept art for the new team that this uh, kind of storyline will be centered around. I mean, we've gotten mm-hmm. hints on where and when this whole story may take place. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a little confusing in how they said it, because um, I've seen a lot of people running around saying that the characters shown off are the Morphin Masters. And that's not how I interpreted it when I listened to it. And I went back and listened again. Um Daphna does call them Morphin Master Teens, but then the way they talk about it, it sounds like the book is set a- immediately after the Morphin Masters have ascended right. into the grid. So uh, I'm not sure where we fall in that, but that's kind of where we're supposed to be set. Uh, mm-hmm. It also leads credence to kind of a rumor that we've heard about this book um, from mm. the Illuminati, uh, but we can discuss that in a minute. Um, have you seen the concept art for this Uh Kevin, and what did mm-hmm. you think of it? Yeah, I mean, it's always really fun to see the behind-the-scenes stuff, not just with Power Rangers, but with any comic book series. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really excited to see where this universe arc goes. I think it's going to be some really, really interesting things that happen. Um, and if rumors are true, that's all I'll say, um, it'll be interesting to see how this is impacts the bigger comic overall especially with a certain character and their powers yeah. that we always just kind of hand waved but also explains why that character was so powerful if you know what i mean without yes. spoiling things well i so we can get to but like um before uh, before we we can get into the rumor in a second because i do want to discuss it but um i do want to mm-hmm. point out like i what i really enjoyed about this these characters that they showed off is it's a large mix of not only genders but different you know races yeah mm-hmm. you know, we have what looks like a female red a female uh blue or a well, non-binary blue yeah you find out that they do not they they use they them pronouns when the writer discuss mm-hmm. them um mm-hmm. we we see just a wide variety of different kind of uh characters uh we we had seen the morphonaut design for mm-hmm. what looks like the Phantom Ranger, a white version of the Phantom Ranger. And a lot of people like kind of poo-pooed the name. I'm yeah. fine with it. I think it's it's Power Rangers silly. <laughs> like Yeah. We're talking about a show where the weapons were called the power weapons. Come on, guys. Naming has never been a great convention for this. Um, right. I, I am fascinated kind of by the the designs of them too. I think they all look really cool. I like the pop of colors. I'm really excited to see what these characters are and kind of get to be with them. I'm a little bummed now since we're getting new characters that it's only going to be six issues. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, I guarantee we're going to get to the end of this and I'm going to be like, I just want more of them. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But I'm excited. Uh, they didn't get to tease much more. They showed off some uh, like preview pages, which have since been released on Twitter um, and through other websites. Um, we do, it does, you know, like you said, it looks like it's going to have major ramifications. And they did mention that this is kind of an origin story for a lot of different aspects in Power Rangers that have been introduced. Um, you know, we see things like, you know, a certain arch that has appeared in comic storylines. You know, we've got what looks like the Phantom Ranger in white armor. Uh, we have hints of certain villains in it. It sounds, it looks like it's going to be really kind of important to the story, but also getting to flesh out a really like, kind of mysterious period in power rangers history um so i'm mm-hmm. i'm really excited for this book um mm-hmm. but with that said let's talk about the rumor <laughs> yeah. let's go ahead and talk about it so the illuminary has reported 
that the Power Rangers Universe comic will be an, air quotes, adaptation of Die Ranger. Um, mm-hmm. And that it will introduce a black Die Ranger as well. Which, mm-hmm. when you look at the color scheme for these teams and you look kind of at their design, I'm not going to lie, looks like <laughs> they look like Die Rangers. They could be using the Die Ranger suits. It would be right. fascinating. Um, we know that this team technically, air quotes, exists in Power Rangers because they mm-hmm. were used in Super Mega Force. Yep, the Legendary Squadron. Uh, so, I, I'm, I'm excited. I think it's a really cool idea to use them. A lot of people are like, "Well, then how do the Thunderzords exist?" I'm like, it, that doesn't matter. <laughs> like, I don't care. They can hand wave that off in a yeah. line of dialogue. The Alien uh, Rangers literally had skinny Shogun Zords. Yeah, and we never, and no one ever got mad about that. <laughs> True, we were too young. Yeah, so I'm, I'm excited. I, I like the idea of using these. Um, and it's also, I think, uh, you and I, when we talked about the, when this rumor came up, we were both like, I don't know, but I'm like, I, I can see it. And also, yeah. like, you know, one thing I brought up to Kevin was like, you know, when the Omega Rangers were introduced in Power Rangers comics, the big like controversy that came up with fans was like, well, why didn't you use the Die Ranger suits? So I think Boom Studios has been sitting there hearing the words Die Ranger and we're like, well, we'll just give them what they want. Yeah, or they were planning this the whole time. Yeah, or that too. I mean, but I you can also just look at that kind of response and be like, well, if we give them it, like obviously people are going to read this. I, I think it'll be good. I'm excited. If, if it is what that is, we're going to get to see these characters become those like Die Ranger, the legendary squadron team. I'm excited. I want to mm-hmm. see those like art for it. And people have pointed out if they exist in the comic books, it means we can get a lightning collection figure of them. That's true, which would be freaking crazy. Yeah, would be insane. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I Who mean, knows? Uh, maybe maybe we'll get lightning collection Tokujers. Yeah. Well, and well, uh, what it's exciting to me is the fact that we will get gender bent versions of them then, because you know, like. The Blue Ranger mm-hmm. will not have a like male form. You know, the Red Legendary Squadron Ranger looks like it's going to be a female, so we might have a female Red. It just looks like we'll get kind of a variation on those, and I would, for one, be really excited. You know, we yeah. get those figures and we get something unique and different with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure some people will be mad because it's not the exact, you know, Sentai version, but whatever. We're getting something really cool and unique, and I'm excited to see what Nicole Adelfinger is going to do yeah. with this. Um, Look, all I have to say is if you want if you want a Re-Ranger, Die Ranger Red figure that's accurate to the Sentai, go get the fake art. Yeah. Those will be back, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, overall, I'm really excited. I think, you know, I think this Fan First Friday was, you know, while not like a lot of things being like shown off and revealed, I think it really gave us insight into what kind of Hasbro's trying to do with the brand, especially mm-hmm. in the like toy and comic realms. Um, yeah. So I'm really excited for this, and I think it, it got me hyped and wanting to like look at different things. <laughs> yeah, for uh, sure. But any other last thoughts, Kevin, on this? No, I mean I, I think it's always fun when we see the comics go off the rails and do their own thing, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm interested to see what this adds to lore. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's what excites me. Uh, but so with that fan first Friday kind of out of the way the other uh i would say big if you're a fan of the board games uh reveal this week was we found out that uh renegade games has the next pre-order for the heroes of the grid expansion uh, and this one includes the time force ranger pack the merciless minions number one pack 
and two promos packs one that's a foot soldier promo pack and the second zord pack promo uh in the line uh, so <laughs> the time force ranger pack will include the red blue yellow green and quantum rangers adding them to the uh already existing uh roster that has time force pink uh, the Merciless Minions pack will introduce the Cogs and Cyclobots along with four new location boards uh, and also a new enemy card set for the putties, the Z putties that turn them into Chaos putties. Uh -huh. uh, with this also is the Foot Soldier promo pack, which will turn the Black Mastodon sentries into a Ranger sentry squad. And then, last but not least, Shogun Sword cards. <laughs> mm hmm. Holy moly. <laughs> uh, this came a about the same time that a lot of people in the U.S. are finally getting their Power Rangers United Kickstarter. No, uh, it was rewards. literally like... At, the I day think, of... Did, didn't you get yours the day of and then they revealed this? Uh, I think it was the day after. <laughs> okay, okay. Still. <laughs> yeah, it was it, it was insane. Um, but I, I'm really excited by this. <laughs> like, Yeah. I, I can't believe they've got me like by the hook so badly. But what did you think of these reveals, Kevin? renegade baby what are you doing <laughs> i mean we have got between now renegade now has the tabletop rpg heroes of the grid and the deck builder which i still mm -hmm. need to get the zeo one um and i just baby what are you doing <laughs> like i'm happy that the content's being churned out because i know there's some board games that like they don't actively push things out i just it makes me kind of sad because I wish I had more people to play with. Like, I just don't have a consistent squad to play the game with. And yeah. it, it's, as we know, it's hard to set up and play remote. Um, yeah. It just is. And it's part of it. Um, I mean, I may try to work on that a little bit more and see if I can make that work better next time. But I, I think it's a good pack overall. People have been wanting Time Force for, since Chatter Grid came out. And, you know, I think it's really cool that we're seeing. And I think, I think this is a good way for them to address changing up the game mm -hmm. almost like expansion packs like with the foot soldier dlc of sorts um for the putties and for the centuries i i think it's a fun way to introduce and bring in new enemy variants that change up the game so you have more ways to play i think anytime that you can do that shows that there's a lot of fun to be had um we knew the shogun zords would be coming that was obvious um <laughs> but yeah. i think the i think the zord pack cards are, the zord card packs are going to be continuing in the near future i mean we're probably going to see a super zeo zord pack at some point um so i'm sure that we'll keep seeing those pop up um i thought it was interesting with the shogun megazord pack that we only got the shogun megazord and the shogun ultra zord yeah so i'm assuming that for the alien ranger pack if we ever get that or if they're in an expansion we'll probably see a shogun falcon megazord or a Shogun yeah. Mega Falcon Zord as their Mega Zord, since they don't have, since they're probably the Battle Borgs and the Mat to make it work. Yeah, that's so. that's kind of what people are thinking. Uh, did you notice the one kind of funny thing they did with the Shogun Ultra Zord card? They used the pink on there, yeah. Yes, I was like, you know what? <laughs> Kudos. <laughs> it's show. It's show accurate. It is show accurate. I'm just like, the... you know what? <laughs> I'm glad they did that though. That's a lot of fun. It is. It's very cute. I love it. Um, mm -hmm. I am excited by this one. Like you said, I think the idea of like swapping the like uh, the foot soldier cards out, you know, having mm -hmm. the like chaos putties and the ranger sentries means they could do things like that for the villains as well. For like Roxy and Blaze, who have the robo forms, you could get a yeah. robo Roxy deck. 
a robo yeah. blaze deck um, and introduce yeah. those that way um, yeah or it doesn't even, have to always have a sculpt yeah um and just like I, I think that's a really cool way to do this. I think I, I wouldn't have ever thought of that myself, and I'm just kind of you know in in awe that they did. It's really cool. Uh, I do really like the Time Force Rangers. Um, we didn't get to see a lot of their decks or anything, but like right. the one thing that we do see is we got to see the Quantum Rangers ability, which is his character ability is at the beginning of battle you roll two dice. And then mm-hmm. you pick one to sit on your card. And at any time, you can swap that dice with one of the ones you roll. And that one that you swap it with now sits on your card. It's like, I'm imagining... That's quant- cool. Yeah. He, he has to have some kind of mechanic in his cards to where having, like, certain misses is better or having, like, critical hits are better. Yeah. So I'm betting there's some fun, like, you can play with Eric's kind of deck that way. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, and as always, I think the sculpts look great that they kind of teased. Um, it does make me happy that Trip has... Um, circuit with him yeah it's cute his... it's cute it is I'm, I'm like i'm very happy um i already pre-ordered this I, you know i'm kind of all in on heroes of the grid um i force friends to play it every time they come over and hang out or <laughs> if we go have a board game now i'm like hey i'm bringing my big ikea bag full of power rangers yeah um i'm excited <laughs> i can't wait uh, i think this is going to be a really good expansion pack and you know a great start to 2022 um, and we've already got teased from Jonathan Ying that the big box expansion for next year is one of his favorites. So mm-hmm. who knows what that could be? Who knows? <laughs> who knows? No. I'm just I'm... like, hmm? I-, I wonder if it's going to play off the comics and we'll get Altaria more. I, I could see that, but having just done a comic kind of tie-in one with power rangers united i could see them doing a more show-based one and maybe doing like the dino war or something like that yeah Um, doing doing dino charge that way yeah Um, give us actual evox yeah give us evox give us you know that uh, goldar maximus give us the different uh dino charge Mm -hmm. villains you know i think that's a cool way you could do that Um, also you could have golden silver beast morphers as part of that as well yeah so i could see the dino war being like the big thing they do since that's a huge event in the show or they could do once a ranger because we all know jonathan ying loves adam and we're probably going to get that defender vest adam sooner rather than later probably probably (laughs) but we'll see it'll be regardless of what happens i think it's it's a lot of fun because it shows that they they really are all in with um everything and i i'm really happy to see that so yeah um and again if you if you don't know what this is here's the greatest of great fun it's a it's got a learning curve but i think once you get it it is fun to just yeah. play and swap everything out mm-hmm. and i think half the excitement is getting to look at these cards and going "Ooh, well we could pair this character with this character and that could create you know all kinds of weird mm-hmm. synergies it's really fun i really love it um but <laughs> with that ranting and giving all the praise to renegade games we'll move on to the comic book world um uh. Because Mighty Morphin number 14 was released this past week. It was this week, right? Or was it last week? It was time this week. Is a, okay, time is a flat circle. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Uh, you're good. Uh, this issue was written by Ryan Parrott, illustrated by Marco Renna, colored mm-hmm. by Walter Biamonte with color assistance by Katia Ronali, and lettered by, of course, Ed Dukeshire. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the next stage of the Altarian War. Um, we get... Uh, this is... We don't progress the plot forward much 
this is actually mm-hmm. just a lot of response to the first two issues and kind of the events of those. A lot of this is anchored by the attempt to bring Zordon back. Right. Um, and I think that is kind of the crux of this issue. And I think that's the thing we're going to dig into. Uh, mm-hmm. But I really enjoyed this issue. What did you think of this one, Kevin? Yeah. I mean, this is very much like in any story that you write or tell is the falling action right so Mm -hmm. you have um the the rangers and the baddies have been pretty much decimated i guess is a good word for it um yeah (laughs) like it's it's so hard and um you know i definitely think that there were some really good character moments that built from this i think like you had Mm -hmm. a lot of moments where it would have been very easy for them to just keep going and like do all these things, but they actually explore what the greater impact of the last year has been for the team. You know, we see Zordon acknowledging the faith in my people maybe wasn't the best thing to have. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you see Jason kind of realizing like, okay, maybe I have made some mistakes. Um, And we also get to see a really nice moment with the aliens, the evil space aliens, uh, kind of realizing the difference between why they serve Rita versus why they serve Zed. And yeah. they go really in-depth into the character motivations, even for Squat and Babu. Um, and I think it's just overall, it's a really good issue that highlights why this series has been working. And that mm-hmm. is, it gives levels of depth to characters that were mostly one-off or one-dimensional. Yeah. So I really enjoyed it, and I think it's a positive episode overall. Oh, yeah. Um, I really, you know, the big crux of this issue is um, we, we see at the beginning of the issue, Billy is tapping into the Blue Emissary's kind of echo um, and able to mm-hmm. try to find Zordon this way. Um, mm-hmm. And he, in, you know, Zordon, after being shattered, is kind of fading and, and retreating in upon himself and kind of trying to, like, bury himself in memories and kind of comfort times. Yeah. Um, which is this really great kind of weird psychological thing that I loved about it. Mm -hmm. Um, So much so that the last, you know, Billy tries multiple times to like get through to Zordon and each time, you know, he flees further into himself. Um, So much so that the last place that they look and the last, the place that Billy knows to go is when Zordon is young on his home planet of Eltar um, Mm -hmm. at the farm. And it's obviously the moments before Zordon would have left. Um, and so obviously he cherishes that moment and it's just really, you know, it makes sense why he would go back to that moment. I mean, Billy has this, this really great kind of heart to heart with him mm-hmm. uh, and he's able to pull him back. And it's <laughs> again, you know, we, we praise Ryan all the time for his character work. And I think this issue again, just shows why he's so good at it and what he's doing. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, people can be mad that it's not punching, you know, aliens or, you know, big war fights all the time or big Megazord fights. But I think I wouldn't give anything to replace these moments. These are so good. And we so rarely get these in the show that I'm it's just like you said, the moments with the, like even the aliens, you know, Squat and Babu and Goldar and Finster are having like a real emotional moment of like, what do we do now that the mm-hmm. person we serve isn't here? Uh, we even get a moment with Goldar where, like, Rocky is asking him, he's like, well, why why do you keep fighting us? Like, what? you could kill us at any time, and you just don't. Why? And, you know, Goldar has this moment of, like, well, I just, I like to fight. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. It's just and and it's an interesting like parallel because whenever Zed first disappeared at the end of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and reappeared at the beginning of this series, you know, with the green veins, um, we saw we saw the four of them try to take over for him and like take the yeah. lead. And they kind of were like not sure what they were doing. <laughs> so it's yeah. kind of nice to see that journey for them as well. Yeah, and it, it's a I think a nice actualization of those characters of them of them realizing what they want to do, you know. And I and I also like you know kind of Squat's big kind of selling point to the other three is you know we tried you know we looked to Rita because she saved us we looked up to Lord Zed because we feared him you know why don't we try making a decision for ourselves this time and you know who knows we might actually choose to be good this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just again it's really great character work and I think you know and enough praises can't be sung about what Ryan is doing with these characters. Also, I really want to highlight what Marco Rana is doing with this book on Mighty Morphin. Um, you know, he, they, both him and Francesco on the Power Ranger side are dealing with kind of a huge intergalactic battle. But it's really cool that Marco also gets to do this really quiet moment, you know, with Billy and Zordon on that farm on mm-hmm. Altar. And, you know, mm-hmm. he talked about it on Twitter about how he really wanted to impress that this is like a kind of a serene place. You know, there's a reason why Zordon would go back to this moment. Um, and I really yeah. appreciated the work that Marco was doing there and kind mm-hmm. of coming at that scene. Um, and, you know, it, you, as, you know, Ryan, Ryan's great, but, you know, as a writer, he only does half the work. Marco, you know, kind of. He brings pulls, it to life. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously Walter, Katia, and Ed also, you know, finish it out for everyone. So I, I just really want to sing the praises of this team. It's a really terrific issue. You know, oftentimes with events, books can kind of drag but i think having this quiet moment really solidifies you know what's going to happen in these next major moments mm-hmm. but uh any other thoughts on mighty Morphin 14 nope if you haven't been reading start reading yeah uh please like pick these up they're so good um there's so much to dig into and like if you love this franchise if you love these characters just really you know read these and appreciate what's being done with them and what's kind of helps to flesh them out Uh, Mm -hmm. but kind of looking to the future so we won't have issues for a couple weeks right um the next the next issues will be both power rangers number 14 and power rangers universe number one both of which are dropping on december 29th Mm -hmm. so i'm sure we will have plenty to discuss (laughs) when we get to those issues (laughs) yes so, for those who may be wondering, why aren't they talking about Dino Fury? There are two episodes that have aired now. Um, we're going to hold off on Dino Fury because one, we're, we've hit the end of the season for Dino Fury, at least season one. And mm-hmm. we really kind of want to dig dig deep into these episodes and get to rewatch them. Um, so, we're going to actually shut those onto next week. So, we will talk about them then. Uh, so, sorry if you came for those, but next week we got you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, we're excited to talk about it because I know we both have like a lot of thoughts about, it, especially the season finale, mm-hmm. uh, and kind of what they were able to do there. But we'll talk about that then and next week. Uh, but that'll kind of wrap up our show for today. Uh, if you want to reach out to us, you can hit us up on Twitter at MayThePowerPod, or mm-hmm. if you want to send us an email, you can send us an email at MayThePowerPod at gmail dot com. You can right. send us comments send us suggestions send us critiques uh 
tell us you know topic ideas discussion points we're obviously going to hit kind of a dry spell with dino fury not airing um and not quite sure when season two will drop on netflix um, so we may have some episodes where we need a couple ideas so please send those in we're happy to hear from you guys uh, mm-hmm. and you can, if you want to contact me you can find me on most social media at thespis punk and where can they find you kevin all right, y'all write this down. You can find me on Twitter at BridgeMT. Uh, mm-hmm. You can find, or at BridgeMT3, sorry. Mm-hmm. On Twitch at BridgeMT. Mm-hmm. Um, TikTok at BridgeMT3000. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, okay. I got that, got that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, again, before we head out, we want to thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, you know, we have a lot of people, we have like maybe six or seven main listeners, but that's all good. If you're only listening for one, Welcome. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us rant and rave about these multicolored heroes. Uh, Mm -hmm. We appreciate it. We love it. We hope you do too. Um, With that said, as always, may the power protect you. you.